On this fourth Sunday of Advent, which this year falls as it does the day before the Son of God comes into the world, the church gives us a marvelous pairing of readings from the Old Testament and the Gospel. We hear of two events. God promises through the prophet Nathan that the descendants of King David will rule over their kingdom forever. And then, a thousand years later, God announces to Mary through the angel Gabriel that she will give birth to God's own son. What do these events tell us? They tell us that when God came into the world, he had, he had prepared the time and place beforehand, especially through a king who ruled over the people of Israel centuries earlier, whose story haunted the Jewish scriptures and provided a key to who Christ was and why he came. David. So let's listen carefully to today's pivotal incident in the life of David, because that incident actually gives us a roadmap to Jerusalem, to Bethlehem. We'll then look at what happened after David's reign and how the figure of David shines a special light on the strange and stunning reality of God's own son coming into the world at Christmas. David. His dramatic encounter with the prophet Nathan jumps out at us from the second book of Samuel, one of the most gripping narratives in all of world history and literature. After the disastrous reign of King Saul, David has brought the kingdom of Israel to a place of strength. And now he wants to build a house, this means a temple, for the Lord. Certainly a praiseworthy plan and one that finally was carried out in the magnificent temple built by his son, King Solomon. But God had other plans for David. God does not want a house for himself. Instead, he makes an astounding promise to David and his house. That is to say, his descendants. So right now, it's about David's house, not God's house. Through the prophet Nathan, God tells David, I will raise up your heir after you, and I will make his kingdom firm. I will be a father to him, and he shall be a son to me. Your house and your kingdom shall endure forever before me. Your throne shall stand firm forever. Wow. Notice two things about this frankly over-the-top promise. First, God says he will be a father to each one of David's line of kings, and each king will be his son. This will become very important in a moment. What it means here is that God will adopt each of Israel's kings as his son, 
So what's the implication? The king must actually rule in God's name. Rule a kingdom of justice, mercy, and peace. And there actually is a temple ritual for God's adoption of the king in Psalm 2. And as best we know, new kings went through this ritual for centuries. Now, being a king who rules as God's adopted son is an awfully high bar to reach. As the rest of the scriptures show clearly in the stories of failure and blasphemy and cowardice and corruption in the royal house. And then another breathtaking thing about God's promise to David. Ancient Israel, David's little kingdom, was sandwiched between two powerful and aggressive empires, Egypt on one side and Mesopotamia, the land of the Assyrians and Babylonians on the other. This is one of the most vulnerable places on earth. So in the logic of geography and power politics, God's promise to David was sure to be broken. And surely this came to look like a broken promise. David's descendants had a good run under the circumstances, but the Babylonians utterly destroyed the remnants of his kingdom and royal line some 450 years later. David's descendants never ruled again. They never even came close. And yet, pious Jews knew that God does not break his promises. And so this hanging promise, this strange prediction, haunted the Jewish scriptures. And in Luke's gospel, we see what happened to this promise. Here, God speaks to an outwardly ordinary young woman who happens to be descended from David's line and who is betrothed to a man who is also descended from David's line. <clears throat> Mary hears God's voice as that of an angel rather than a prophet. God says, behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and the Lord God will give him the throne of David, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And then the answer to how this will happen. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. So God has fulfilled the promise Nathan delivered to David, an everlasting kingdom under God's own Son. But God has done this in a completely unexpected way in a humble, ordinary place. Still, when you see the pattern, you understand that this is the only way that God could keep his promise. Only by coming himself into the world, only through the cross and resurrection, only by breaking the bonds of sin and death 
and inviting us into eternal life with him. Only these ways could God in his boundless love make David's kingdom of mercy and justice and peace an eternal reality. And this is what God has done in Christ. So, today's reading from the Old Testament shows one of the many ways that God carefully prepared a place and time to come into the world. He prepared for this world-changing event over centuries through the providential ordering of Israel's history of law, prophecy, and kingship. He prepared the way through the inspired writers of the Jewish scriptures. God did not drop into the world in just any time and place, as just any wise philosopher or good ruler or virtuous person. No, he came into a very particular religious and historical setting, a world with memories and ideas from which the human imagination could stretch and begin to take in the great mystery that was about to happen. And so, as we see in today's readings, God came as a new David, who also broke the mold of the old David, because, because God came as David, but as infinitely more too. And the account of King David in today's reading provides an absolutely indispensable key to understanding that it was indeed God who came into the world in Bethlehem. And here's the key. The king that God promised was going to rule as God's adopted son was the son of God. And not just that, and, <clears throat> and then it was the Son of God who came into the world through Mary, yes. But look at how God has taken this idea and stretched it. So now we can begin to understand this Son of God, not just as a ritually adopted human king, but as God's own loving self come now into the world to invite us into his eternal kingdom of justice and peace. Here then is the insight that we receive on this fourth Sunday of Advent. As we rejoice in God's coming into the world at Christmas, let us rejoice also at the patient and careful and marvelous way that God prepared the time and place of his coming by the amazing promise given over a thousand years earlier of an eternal kingdom through his son. Thanks for listening to Within the Walls of St. Paul's Sunday Homilies. Please be sure to like us on Facebook and consider supporting us by visiting stpaulsharvardsquare.org. That's stpaulsharvardsquare.org. God bless and see you next time.